Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Uh, another episode for you. Thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's another episode. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, everybody. I've got Steve and Jesse. Are you Jess or Jesse? Or Either one works for me. Jesse is my official name. Well, that's terrific because I was calling you Jesse and I'm good. There you go. Steve's better half is Brenda, who also is at the National that I see every year. One of my number one tables and booths that I go to. So I really enjoy the whole family. So when I was thinking about Father's Day, I thought what a great opportunity to talk to Steve and Jesse about their hobby experience, how they do it together. And you guys live apart. So is the only time you're together for a week, the week of the National? We try to get together as a family every year, a week or so together. Actually, next week, we're all going to be in Indiana, going back to where Brenda and I lived and where these guys grew. This will be the first time we've all been together for about three years, though. Yeah, the COVID stuff has been a mess. We've seen each other in spurts, but not everybody all together in a long time. So it should be nice. Do you guys talk more because of the hobby? or Because I'm just wondering, as you're preparing for the National and your booth is well-organized, is Jesse doing most of that? Or what's the division of labor? We talk pretty much every day, sometimes more than one, because we do have internet sales that are ongoing all year. As far as organization, that's not my end, I can tell you that. But we do talk a lot. And then I do all of the listing, some of it from afar where the cards are in Iowa and I'm in Florida and he'll take pictures and drop box them to me and that kind of thing. I do all of the looking at cards for grading and all of that. So a lot of the like specific stuff I do. And then he does most of the shipping and uh, organizing. And um, for the sake of my marriage, most of the cards are not here. They're mostly in Iowa. If I panned this room, which is the office, which is really the card room, there are a lot of cards in here, but not nearly what's in Iowa. Speaking of marriages, Steve, I don't know that I've ever seen you without Brenda being there at the Nationals. She seems like a very willing and smiling participant in what can be a pretty grueling week. So what's your division of labor with Brenda? She will help some, especially get ready for the national. She'll do a lot of pricing, but she's always been a gamer. She wasn't really involved in sports at all, but when these guys got old enough to start playing baseball, she was right out there with them. Very willing to help, but but the nationals the last few years, I don't know how we would have done it without her. Um, She's great about that. She's not interested in the cards, but she likes both of us. So that really helps. We all have like a corral where you've got her captured, I think. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's no way out. Don't, don't tell her I said that. If you had to have a fourth person, who would it be? Our middle son comes and helps occasionally. But again, he really doesn't have any interest. But it's a beauty of our family. We really enjoy being together, especially in Chicago, since he lives in Elkhart, which is just a couple hours away. He'll often come up and spend a couple days with us just hanging out. Plus, he gets to eat Giordano pizza and that kind of stuff, which he's always a willing participant there as well. <laughs> What does Atlantic City look like for you? We're just doing one booth. We just don't really see the reality of taking the inventory we normally take just so far. The cost of everything has just gone up. So we're going to reduce what we take. Jesse will probably not be at the booth much. He'll be out wandering around. Are you moving up market? Are you going to be $5 and up at your booth? Because it sounds like a lot of the dollar box stuff. That's where a lot of the bulk is. I'm going to defer to Jesse because bringing him into this has really changed the way we do business for the better. Yeah, we used to be 
bulk shoppers and sellers. And we still love to help people complete sets and that kind of thing. We'll always have new singles whenever we can. But we just realized that we had been trying to do everything and that wasn't really realistic anymore. So we have definitely changed the way we do business. And partly it's trying to read the way the market is going. I mean, anybody that's paying attention knows that base rookies and that kind of thing are not strong right now. So we're trying to one, make our wives happy and get rid of cards. And two, just get to a point where we could travel to a show in an SUV and not feel like we left stuff behind, which we will feel like we did this year. But to travel 20 hours across the country with gas at $5 a gallon, that's just the reality of it. There's no way to recoup it with dollars. So fortunately, we can do that and have a good time. So I'll fly into Iowa and we'll uh, drive across and then I will fly straight home from Atlantic City to not miss too much work. But that's what the week looks like. How does that affect your financial projections? You're dropping a lot of weight and a lot of bulk. You only have one booth. Do you feel like you'll sell two-thirds as much or three-fourths as much as you would have otherwise? Our goal has been to get to the point where we can go to the national and make the same amount of dollars with a lot less inventory. That's where Jesse has really impacted our business a lot. He's just got a really good sense for what to buy. You can rest assured though, Jim, in Chicago, we will still be loaded for bear. We'll have the same booth and have all the same stuff. But for Atlantic City, we're just not real confident. We're going to have the kind of sales there. So we're just going to try and simplify for this one show. Of all the people in the hobby, I'm really good at deferred gratification. So you're telling me I've got 13 months to wait to get a chance to see all your stuff, but I will certainly get by there in Atlantic City. But the real expansive presentation of everything would be in 13 months. So I can't wait. But your other option would be just to make a trip to Iowa. I have thought about that, actually. Yeah, you'd always be welcome. Yeah, that's interesting. But I'm wondering, here's the psychology of it, Steve. If you popped in a candy store and you buy a candy bar. But if you went into the candy store and your mom said, I'm dropping you off here at eight o'clock in the morning, I'll pick you up at 6 p.m. Just do whatever you want to do. You'd be gorging with candy. And so I feel like I'd be a little kid in a candy store if I was there and I wasn't time limited. That's the fun of it when I'm at the nationals. I only have a certain number of hours and I've got to figure out where I want to go and how aggressively do I want to hit certain boxes. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to go through years, but it's the time pressure. And if I went to Iowa, I just might stay for a week, Steve. That's the problem. We could put you on a timer or something if that would help. I'm a math guy, so I do have some kind of metrics. If I don't pull so many cards per hour, I realize the box is not fruitful. So your stuff, I get on a roll and I've had a lot of fun with it. And I appreciate that. What about collecting? Were you guys collectors all along the way and just turned into dealers? Or you had a card shop? I've had several over the course of the last. 35 years. I only collected as a kid. Once it became a business for me, I knew I couldn't do both. People often ask that. And yeah, I have a collection, but it's just changing all the time. So. Jesse, what about you? Are you still got some collection? I had a big Alex Rodriguez collection when I was young and we all know how that went. Not the best, but I do still collect, but it's really more of like opportunities to hang on to stuff. Sitting in this room is a lot of Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto stuff that fortunately we've done all right and we're okay with just letting it sit for a while. Justin Herbert would be the other guy that we've got a lot of stuff sitting around of. I just really think highly of him. So 
I do collect. And then 90s inserts, if I can buy cool 90s inserts, I will buy them all the time. It's not that we always hang on to them, but there's something about that. Like I know you're a Cowboys guy. At PSA, we have a, a 97 finest gold embossed refractor of Emmett Smith, which we hit out of a box a while back. Wow. If I were to leave selling and just collect, it would be that, the, the mid-90s, late 90s, especially baseball stuff. I think the opportunistic buyer has some advantage in this market right now because things are perceived not being scorching hot and then you make an offer and you might get it. Yeah, I hear you on that. If somebody comes to your booth and they say, we want to trade, no problem. You'll look at what they have and if it's a reasonable deal, you'll do it. Yeah, we made a bid for us. Again, we love to sell cards. We're not selling twenty dollars and $30,000 cards very often. We do love singles. The biggest trade I made at the National last time was I traded a, a Trout Update 10 for a raw Brady Bowman Chrome and Curry Tops rookie. Because um, I thought they looked nice and the Brady ended up getting a 10. So that trade worked out well for us. Very well. But I love to trade because I know a lot of dealers try to really beat people up with trades because of how much it costs. But we're just looking for specific stuff. And if we find specific stuff, we'll trade pretty much straight up with people there um, because we'll think we'll win out in the long run. And I really like trading graded stuff for raw stuff that could appreciate just by sending it in. I've said that sports card collecting is the greatest hobby. And I've also said it's wholesome. Would you guys agree with that? Here you are, pastor and working in a church. But do the church members that you come and cut, do they think, oh, that's cool? Or they don't think, hey, that's sick. They think, uh, unless it's sick in the way sick is redefined to being dope or something. Yeah. But do the people think, hey, that's really cool now? Or I think it's really like any business. As long as you do it honestly and with integrity, I think people have a positive viewpoint of it. And we have always tried to, to be that as business people, to be honest and upfront with people. And for the church I'm working with, when we came here, they were in financial trouble. And this business is what allows us to stay our time and for them to be able to afford us being here. So our folks are very supportive. In fact, they gave me a room in the basement of the church to store stuff and that type of thing. So as long as it doesn't consume us too much, and I think that's true for Jesse too, we have to be careful that we work the hours we need to work for our church business. But as long as we get that stuff done, I think people are good with it. I think being a bivocational pastor is the original concept, the original model to have more than one thing. And it helps you to connect with people who are not necessarily in your church and things like that. But Jesse, are you dealing with teenagers or smaller kids? So I actually employ quite a few upper teenagers, but I work with elementary kids mostly and younger. And I'm running sports leagues for four-year-olds to eighth graders. So I get to interact with a wide variety of kids, most of who just want to get Pokemon cards, if we're being honest. But when I tell adults that what we do, half of them say, oh, that's still a thing, like that you can actually sell cards, and the other half think it's cool. And so I think in the Midwest, especially, there's a lot of people that have it sitting in their home, whereas down here, there's not a lot of people that have a lot of cards that I run into as much. I think there's a Midwest phenomenon of the old neighborhoods, the old homes, things like that. People have that stuff. But fanatics has their way. People don't talk about this in this way. They always talk about how Fanatics wants to expand the market. But one of the ways we'll know if Fanatics has been successful in their not-so-hostile takeover of the card production is if those halves you talked about, Jesse, there's no longer two halves. 
everybody's going to say, hey, I know that's a thing now. And that's cool. They're going to put the two things together. They're not going to say, oh, I didn't know people were still doing that. If Fanatics has their way, everyone will know that card collecting is a thing and it's cool. And I think that's Josh Luber's, the chief vision officer. That's what I'm paraphrasing, but he said things like that. Do you see any downside of that? I think it's good. No, I think it is good. The only downside, and you're actually starting to see it with a couple of Topps products this year, is that they have to find a way to not overprint the products to death because there are too many top series one Wander Franco rookies out there. The card should be more valuable than it is, but there's so many of them. You're venturing into potential the 90s issue of too many brands and products, but they have to figure out a way to not because they want to get it everywhere to not print too much. That's the downside where it just becomes the only thing that's worth anything are parallels and that kind of thing. But listening to him and the guy that actually owns Fanatics, Michael Rubin, I listened to a podcast with him recently. And it got me excited because I think they really do have a good vision moving forward of what it can look like and how it can be sustainable. But that would be my only worry. If every store I go into has baseball cards, then how many baseball cards are there? Probably too many. There's only one pack in every store. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. You only get one. Oh, that's a good note to end on because the math can get pretty concerning. I agree because you do the multiplication of all the different parallels and all the different base cards that that represents, it's, it can be bad. Anyway, thanks, Steve and Jesse, and we'll see you in a month. Thank you. Absolutely.